Today's podcast is with Miss Ari Chambers, who works nine to five, although it's not technically nine to five, with Bleacher Report, but an all-around badass on Twitter. That's how I found her. Like a handful of people that I follow, follow her and are constantly interacting with her. Finally clicked on her profile. Love what she's talking about. She's constantly talking about, at least recently, constantly talking about the WNBA women's sports period and love her take on where content can go. I thought she had coined the phrase, the wubble, the WNBA bubble. She says maybe she didn't, maybe she did, but a great conversation in general. What can these athletes be creating while they're in this wubble? How can they take advantage? Where can content creation go in the future? What are some reasons why some content creation is not being done now? So as usual, we're, we're heavy, heavy on content creation. We hope you enjoy this episode. But first, let me remind you that this podcast, like every other podcast, is brought to you by Our City Coffee. I'm drinking some Black Cherry Sunrise right now. Delicious. Use our code BS at rcitycoffee.com. That's the code BS at rcitycoffee.com. Enjoy the show. Boom. And we're live. Ari, thank you for joining us. From Thanks for having me. From, from Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm in Los Angeles. Tim's in Oakland. We're all over the country here today. I uh, I appreciate you. I, I, Tim was like, how did you get in contact? How did you start talking to her? And I just see you everywhere. We're talking about sports. You're everywhere. And I don't, you know, th- I think I just followed you within the last month or something. But you're always involved in conversations. Who's this Ari girl? Who's this Ari? So <laughs> I, I know you know your stuff. And I said, let's, let's have a conversation. Why did it take you till just last month to follow me? We could have been interweb buddies for like a while now. I know, right? I don't know. I don't know why. It, it, for whatever reason, I hit that follow button finally. But I had recognized your little icon or something a couple of times. That's where it came across. And then I, I probably went to your page and was like, all right, what's she really about? Let me look. All right, cool. <laughs> that's, that's usually the brand sell anyways. You got to see something like up to six times before you buy something. So. He bought. He, he bought on that it, sixth time. He finally took it to my page and was like, "She's yeah. she's worth it. We'll give her a yeah. call." Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. How so? You're like, if not the most active, one of the most active people I follow now. But you're all over this WMEA wobble. As you did, you coin this phrase, by the way. Is this your deal? I don't know. I feel like okay. So I thought of it one day and tweeted it, but apparently John, because I want to give him his flowers, if he did. He did it before me, so I can't take credit for it. Fair I might have like subconsciously like processed it and then just said it a couple of days later. So I can't yeah, take yeah, credit yeah. for that one. All right, fair, fair. Anyway, but you're t- you're all over it. You're talking about it. The WNBA relaunch. Uh, they're they're now teams have been there. Teams are still trickling in. Players and some are still undecided and blah blah blah. But what where do you see this? Where do you see opportunities in the wobble? As you as you call it, where do you see opportunities for for athletes? And again, you know, our, what we talk about a lot is is athlete branding and opportunities. Where do you see some opportunities that are going to be different than if it was just a regular season type deal? So they're all in one site, right? They have an isolation situation that's unprecedented when there's no media involved at all. We're all virtual, like we're zooming them. They have cell phones. They can connect um to youtube twitter and they can do the content themselves i know my friend lexi brown she plays for minnesota she's already started her vlogs and so has izzy b who plays for dallas so like there there are ample opportunities to get tell your story your way because media doesn't have access to to the players like they would previously and the fact that y'all they don't have to travel so that takes a lot of time away from like the waste of time having to go back and forth and you know all, all that chaos, they can sit there and focus on 
you know, occupying their time in other ways. And so it just gives a great opportunity to vlog it their way, to document things their way, to post on Instagram, TikTok. You see Washington Mystics over here doing TikToks. I think it's hilarious because Maisha Hines Allen, she's a, a newer player going into her third year, but she's a rookie and her Emma Mieseman and Ariel Atkins are doing hilarious TikToks. And that's just another way to get yourself out there for like fans who don't normally know you. Just like connect with the personality, so there are like def definitely little tidbits around there that they can, you know, yeah. make an awesome presence, and I think that's dope. Yeah, I I love it too because it's it's now you're in like a like you said the access is limited. You're almost in a forced position. Like you got to do this, but this is what we always try to get athletes to do anyway. Is yeah. you should be vlogging, yeah. you should be doing this, you should be showing personality. Uh -huh. There's not what's what I love about women in sports is. They seem to be better than the men, generally speaking, at telling their stories and being personable and, and being out there, uh, you know, generally speaking. Again, there's some guys that are phenomenal at it, NBA players, other sports too. But it feels like the ladies are like, hey, this is me. They're more apt to be that instead of just be like the cool dude doing pictures and you're showing the, the game fits or whatever. So I, I love that. I'd like to see more, though. I've only seen uh, – I saw Lexi. I follow her. We follow each other. We were talking the other day about some other stuff. But I've seen Lexi. I'd like to see more. It should be – everybody should be doing it, I think. Well, see, I think that right now they're still in a, a position where they don't know what's going on. So they just got there July 6th. It's, mm -hmm. what, the 10th now. So now they're getting in the swing of things, knowing how the bubble is, and training camp just started. Like, they have to settle in before they, like, can make time to give us content. Like that yeah. would like they're there to play basketball. They're there to to do what they love to do, and all the rest is extraneous. But it is it, it enhances your whole persona, like as an athlete. But right now, I think that they're still worried about traveling. Full teams aren't even down there yet. So once that gets you know settled, I'm sure they're going to want to tell their stories their way because a lot of times you see the media skewing things, mm -hmm. and, and and I I think that. The players are now realizing they can take control of things and tell it their way. So it's just that realization, but it's just a matter of getting to the site, knowing the way of, you know, things. People had to switch rooms and things like there's a lot that was going on yeah. the first week. Yeah, yeah. I get, just I get, you know, see, look out for it. Yeah, but how good is that? Like the process of that? Like I'm going there. I have to no, go. No, I fly no, from. Yeah. If my room is messed up, I'm not about to be filming it. Like <laughs> I'm gonna be calling the, the league office. Like, hey, I need I need to switch rooms. But like, yeah, yeah. no, you're you're it's content. The way we look at it, right? We're we're content people. So I'm like, oh, this is juicy. This is great. I always tell Lexi, like, I love mess. Like, show me everything. Show me everything. But I, I think they will. I think they'll get it together because you know, especially with quarantine, they've learned the importance of being connected socially to like online too. So yeah. a lot of them are better at TikTok than I ever will be. A lot of them um, have, have had to learn how to really utilize their online presence during the quarantine and, and things like that. So I think it will carry over. Yeah. yeah, yeah good. Going to your point on that of like showing those like mishaps of like moving in type of thing. You get like J.R. Smith didn't have a, a sheet on his bed. Right? Did you see that? And he was laughing. That's great. So, but I, and I saw, I don't, I don't remember who posted it at the Wubble and it was like the laundry room looked kind of weak and, and that's what blew up. And then I saw Lexi, like it was a focus on the positive things. Yeah. So that's what, that's my, um, that's why I said, I think it's better for them to get settled because women are in a unique position where they oftentimes get ignored unless 
some real mess happens, like some messy mess happens. And I, and I hate that that's what's been picked up so much because yeah, yeah like the, the players sent it to the journalists who released it to the, the public cool that's one side of it but you're not seeing the other side i thought it was dope when ali quickly showed her villa with um gabby stephanie and courtney like that's another side of it it's just women don't have the luxury all the time to show every aspect because people so much want to capitalize off of like women failing i think that's yeah. what it is like an interesting way to look at it um so you know those who were i feel like that video was released because either they weren't being heard or it was just like unacceptable that that happened, but I, I wouldn't necessarily want to see too many negative things coming out the bubble because they have a chance to to kind of sway people in the right direction to support the W as opposed to just here's what's wrong with us. We have to you know fight yeah. against the grain all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I don't, I didn't. I thought it was kind of again. I don't, I don't know who the player who put it out. I don't know if we know that. I don't know if we know the person, period. We know but it, I, and she owned okay. it, but she, she just wanted to showcase like what was going on. But I don't yeah. think anybody realized how many outlets that never cover the W would pick it up, and it just became this chaotic mess. But that's no yeah. fault to her at all. But I'm just saying, like, I just feel like when it comes to women, um, it's, it's like a, you know, showcase as much as you want to showcase, but tread lightly because you see how much people really latch on to the negativity. Yeah, yeah, I get, I get that. They, they're looking for, like you said, a, a reason. Some mostly dudes, yeah, being mm -hmm. like, ah, see, see, women. The WNBA is nowhere near the NBA, and just to like yeah. play that game. But I really think it's a. Over the last year, two years, we've seen what we've seen working with people is people want to work with female athletes, oh, and yeah. and and more so than ever, and and putting them as the face of their. Uh, as the, of their companies and brands and for for more reasons than one more there's there's like long-term longevity with a lot of a lot more females than males you don't have to worry about like issues coming up they're not going to do the dumb thing that a lot of guys will do but in, and now with everything going on social injustice wise or at least it's coming to light again for the millionth time but really some some actions coming specifically minority women is going to be such a marketable place just from a branding marketing perspective i love what uh, you know, Tasha Cloud and Renee Montgomery and all these other ladies are doing that. If, if they want to sit out or not sit out, I'm not saying whether that's the best move branding wise for them. And I know they didn't do it for branding, but I love that they've, they're passionate about it and they've stayed the, the course and it will help them brand wise long-term. Yeah. I, I just think that as black women, um, it's really important to, to speak out now against the injustices uh, I love what Natasha's doing. Like she's setting a precedent with how to brand yourself because I mean, like look at her story. Dope from a mid-major, went to the WNBA, coached T Turner into a WNBA champion. And then she became the first um, WNBA player to sign to Converse. And now mm -hmm. they're paying her full salary to, to do what she's passionate about. I think that's a dope story. Um, mm -hmm. You have those who go under the radar, like Kelsey Bone, she was in the WNBA. And she kept kneeling beyond when it was cool to kneel. So she was kneeling years after. And I think that that's like another way to bring yourself, like knowing that you're going to kneel for what's right and not necessarily have to be flashy, but people will pick up on it. Um, but I think that when it comes to activism, especially when you're an athlete, uh, 
the energy there, it, you have a you have a unique way to a unique opportunity because your platform is already so big. And then with the WNBA being eighty percent black women anyway, um, you have the support, you have the strength in numbers. So collectively, I think they have the potential to just take over and and really lead the social justice front like they have been doing for years now. They're literally the ones who lead everything, even though yeah. they might not get all the credit. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. And there's there's some NBA guys too that do it, but I think, you know, it's it's not hard to speak out against social injustice, especially now when when maybe when Colin Kaepernick was doing it, the, it was it was a different time where you know he got well, a lot I mean, of. Flack. But you got the links were the ones who really like was were like on the forefront of the I can't breathe and the and mm. like the blacking out of the warmups and the Liberty were some prominent ones too. You have Maya Moore who left basketball at the peak of her career. And I'm so glad people are talking about it now, even though she's been doing it for years for the prison reform. Like that's something she has been focusing on for a long time. And then just felt that it was so um, necessary that she took a step away from after being a multi-champion and she's, she was still young. She's still young now. Um, but at the height of her career, she stepped away for what's right. And I think that that's a way to organically bring yourself because she didn't have to put it out there in the most flashy way. Her work yeah. spoke for itself. Well, see, the two things you just said there. One, I didn't, I didn't know about the Maya Moore sitting out until, I don't know, a week ago. When, when crazy. The, the I've known about it since before she out. And I just don't understand how people didn't. You know, like, that's yeah. a huge thing. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I didn't know about it either until about, you know, a week or two ago. Yeah. He's been working on Jonathan Irons at least, at least for six years. I know it's longer than that because she's known him for longer, but I remember listening to a podcast in 2014 about it. So she's just been on this for a while. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And that would never happen with an NBA player, even though they make gobs more money. But I love, I love stuff like that where they say, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to do, this is important to me and I'm going to do it. Whatever that is, whatever your thing is, if it's important to you and you do it, I love that. Uh, I also didn't know you're telling me that the Washington Mystics were ahead of ahead of all this. To me, it was LeBron and the Miami Heat because that's what I saw on ESPN. Minnesota Lynx. They were like notorious for being the first ones in the, the WWE to do it. But yeah, no, love the it. Lynx were then, and it was funny because back in 2016, that was before it was cool to do. So the league initially um, tried to find them but then overturned it after listening to the players, but they were willing to risk their money um, to stand up for what's right. And I think that that's just a, you know, a testament to how dope they really are. I love that stuff. I see. Yeah, I, I feel that like the, you know, um, you know, WNBA and NBA specifically the commissioner, like the Kathy and, and Adam, I feel have a pretty good pulse on um, like the community and, and real life, like who actually is in the NBA and who's in the community and, and their actual thought process. And I think they listen a lot more than other commissioners and leagues do. Uh, because sure. yeah, I mean, I, I know Kathy's newer than Adam Silver, uh, but I don't think I've ever heard anything bad about Adam Silver. You know, like I love Adam. I think he's a great guy. He's just yeah, like genuine. Says that. Yeah. And I love what Kathy's doing for the league. Um, I would say almost though, I mean, Grant, nothing's taken away from the two commissioners. Um, because I would I would put them against anybody else. 
but I think that the real catalyst for change is just the players being so unapologetically them. I think it's player driven. I think that it's literally not like a matter of the commissioner needing to step in for anything because the players are going to do what they want to do regardless. They've been very, very vocal about it. Look what's happening with Kelly Loeffler. I don't want to give her any more attention because she just created a platform for herself that wouldn't exist without, you know, her ignorant comments. But, mm -hmm. um, players are like get her out and they're not worried about oh god we play for this person they're just like get her out because there's no place for her in the league yeah. and i think that that type of um audacity is just dope yeah yeah, yeah. and you're, and no, you're talking about one of the owners yeah, of the i think you're right it's players, sure but but the ability for the commissioners to sit back and go listen we we know that you're the driving force i'm just going to sit back and listen and then i'll make uh you know an educated decision is is where it is you know yeah, and you, and you were talking about the, one of the, she's one of the owners of the Atlanta Dream. She came out, and I don't, I don't remember specifically what she said, but she said she was like basically after the Black Lives Matter movement, like this is going to be she a was, distraction. She was we don't want this part of this. Already problematic. Then um, allegedly did some insider trading situations, but then called yeah. black people with friends a mob, and that was like before this whole mm. I don't want Black Lives Matter on the courts because it's distracting and. Yeah. blah 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 it's just thing after thing after thing but she's been problematic for years yeah. um her take on a lot of things are just misaligned with what the w is and that's another reason like why would you want to keep the team she says she's not stepping away from the team i'm just like why would you want to keep them um so that's just that, a mess that, but <laughs> i think yeah, yeah yeah i think that could be a Dallin, Dallin, donald sterling type situation where they just are like you need to get out we'll buy you out you know, you have to get rid of it league-wise because it is. There's two reasons that teams, leagues have to change. It's players or dollars. So it's mm -hmm. it's FedEx going to the Washington football team and saying yeah. you can't call yourself the Redskins anymore, but we're pulling yeah. out. Which but we're from. Which is funny because now they're launching an investigation when the money talks. But I remember years and years where they were saying your name is problematic and nothing was done. So well, that's just it. Yeah, I mean that's that, but that's how it goes. You know, it's money or your players revolt and say, "Hey, we're not doing this anymore." We're from Cleveland, Ohio, where the Cleveland Indians are, and I, we would go to game. I remember being eight and going to games, and there'd be Native Americans protesting the opener. And it's, you know, this has been going on. I'm 36. It's it, at least 30 years. I'm sure it's been forever since since forever the team started. But but now there's money talking and players talking, and that's where the change occurs. Yeah, and, and Amazon and Nike has pulled the Washington Redskins jerseys and uh, apparel. Yeah. You, can't, you can't even buy those now. Yeah. And da Daniel Snyder, the owner, is finally going to have to yeah. do something, even though he said we'll never change. We'll never do anything different. That was like five, six years ago. He said we'll never change. Yeah, we'll never change. Yeah. When they pull those dollars. The yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let me reconsider. Let me reconsider. Real quick, yeah. That's that's the game though. Like you know, it's either your players or your, or your dollars. That's the people that affect it, and and dollars could be fans and that kind of thing too. But it's yeah, it's it's interesting. What do you think? So here, here's some ideas I had. I told you I was going to pitch you some ideas. I like the vlogging in, in the wobble. I like the the TikToks. If TikToks still going to be available here, yeah, uh, I know. I like <laughs> I like the the fun, the silly, the intense when it needs to be intense here in a couple of weeks. And I love the how this style of this whole thing is going to work out. But there, there's a couple things. One, I'd love to see a podcast, a player, or five or ten people start their own podcast while we're in there. What's going on? Uh, how are they 
like practice wise, just, just in general, I, I like athlete podcasts. You can same thing like a vlog, you control your message. You can get out what you want to get out. You're building brand depth with your community. You're also giving them maybe inside insight into what's going on through all this stuff. So I, I love podcasts. I want to see that. And what about like a pre post game show through their own channels? Why can't they be doing that on like a live, like an Instagram live or Twitter, like we're doing on Twitter? Yeah, I think it's really practical to have a post game um, live. I think that would be really dope. Um, I don't know if that's where their heads are at, but I think that that would be really great. Because, like you said, I love when the player can tell their own stories because so much, especially traditional media, they try to skew their words, they try to like. formulate their own like narrative like you see what's happening on twitter with the wobble everybody's trying to create their own narrative but if the players are sitting there telling me like i just remember when i saw that video on um on twitter and i was talking to a couple of my friends who were in the wobble they're like well that's not my experience but you see the media pushing just that story and that story was yeah. very valid and very real but if the players could get to and do a weekly podcast or like a every other day situation we won't have to guess we, yeah. There will be nothing that can gain traction that we'll have to be like, I wonder how this is going. Because we'll know. And I think that that's really cool. Like, And yeah. it gives them practice, especially because the women aren't set up to be uh, – like the, the their money isn't set up so that they can just not do anything the rest of their lives. So if you, if you start a podcast or if you start a vlog, that's setting you up for the next step in your, your career, like after yeah. you stop playing basketball. Totally. That's, yeah, one that's of my our favorite podcast or athlete podcast of all time was when uh, um, Richard Jefferson and uh, Fry, Kenny Fry. Started, Fry started road tripping during, I think it was 2016, right? During uh, their run. Yeah, that was cool so was that? informative. And then like, but they're like, they're obviously really good and they're really talented and, and funny and stuff. And just they're, they're kind of bouncing around off each other. It was great. But then they would be on an airplane and they would just bring LeBron in for a couple minutes and talk. And it was just it, like, you never get that kind of inside access, which I think every single team and athlete could be doing there in the world. I agree. And podcasts, podcasts are so low lift. I remember me and my friend Camille, Camille picked okay. up um, another sports platform. Uh, we got drunk in Connecticut and reported wine in the W and it got like 10,000 listens and we're, we didn't expect anything from it. Like it went from anchor and then because of the views it, or the listens, it went to all these other platforms. And I'm like, well, we didn't expect this, but it's that low lift. I just put my little um, voice memos and uploaded it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's simple. It's that yeah. easy. And I don't think people realize it's that easy. Yeah. Yep. And why yeah. couldn't like, you know, like, because, but that shows like realness and like they can associate and like, why, why couldn't they do it? If it's a night off, you know, they're doing a watch party and there's recording them talking about, the actual game going on, or maybe they're having a happy hour themselves or something. And they just show their fun personality and, you know, yeah. behind the scenes stuff. Like, why couldn't you do that? You know? And then that creates fandom. If you fall in love with the player's personality, you're going to want to follow them in general. And that's what my whole purpose of like, why I started journalism. I like to tell players stories like in general. Um, and I, you know, I come from a cheerleading background. I never played basketball. So the way I fell in love with basketball was, the player personality. So if you if you have players that can appeal to different types of people, different types of people will latch onto them. Then they'll support you, and then you'll make more money. Like that's just it. it that is yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
that's that i mean that's that's what we try to build with the athletes we work with is like show personality be authentic to you and and grow from there like my my favorite players growing up were alan Iverson and dennis rodman it wasn't mm-hmm. michael jordan or the i mean alan Iverson's one of the best players i guess too but like i had a vibe and attitude i liked but everybody's different and and you're relatable to somebody if you're the quiet person you're we just talking to somebody if you're Nick Chubb in the NFL, who doesn't say a word, he's the nicest guy ever by all accounts. That's so relatable to so many people that are like, that's me. Like, I'm that dude. But I, you know, maybe I'm not an elite NFL player, but I'm, a, I'm the guy or girl who doesn't talk a whole lot. And I'm quiet. I just want to be a nice person. Like, there's a market for that. If you show us that you are that, we can get behind it. I agree. I mean, you have players like you have a Courtney Williams who's like, uh, she's like a little partier and we, we love to see it. Like, I just love her, her personality. Then you have Liz Cambage, who's like dubbed like the bad guy sometimes, but I love that she really embraces her herself and is very cognizant about the ups and the downs that she feels. Then you have like a Stewie who's kind of quiet, but she's an activist. And so, and she's really good. So that helps too. Yeah. You, you just have so many different personalities. You have, Ariel Powers, who's fun, she's cute, and she's a gamer. So that gaming personality comes through. And, and it, there's something for everybody in the league. And that's what I really, really hope people see. Like, there's a player for you out there. <laughs> there there really is. There's so many. It's a wide range. I think this 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 whole, like, wobble and bubble and all these things can be an equalizer, too. Like, you're saying, like, all you really need to do at this point is grab the attention from somebody to say, oh, I like that person to draw them in to watch the, the game or whatever it might be. And, you know, Pat and I have talked about this before is we feel that there should be that more. And there, there is a little bit with the NBA and WNBA and the crossover and stuff. But like, why not have watch parties or virtual watch party? Cause they're going through the same thing right now. Or why not have that interaction? I know you talked about the one time, like who would you have in the WNBA on your team? Like those types of things are kind of like cool to see in, in the crossover and promote each other during this time, because, there's a lot of people looking for something to watch. Why not be, you know, whether it's a vlog or something, that's cool. But the end game is like, let's buy that person and then buy the league. You know what I mean? So I feel like this is a, is we, a we, people. We saw how big of an impact. Um, we did a virtual watch party a couple months ago. and It was like the first one from quarantine and it, it huge response, huge response. And so like if the players lead something like, Hey, we're going live all together. That would be really dope. And I'm pretty sure because the WNBA fan base is very nosy. Like they just love to be involved in every bit of the players' lives. So they would tune in. Like they would tune yeah. in. Media. We're always trying to figure out how to get in because, you know, our access sometimes is just not that we don't have access. So we're going to be tuned in. So there's like a lot of different um, aspects to like why the players need to do this but um, it's a matter of like their comfort level sure. and just learning that it doesn't have to not everything has to be a huge production because there are some players that are just technologically not there but like yeah. it takes nothing to press support on your voice yeah. Nothing and, to post on yeah. yeah and nobody in the league is 60 like you've been dealing with your phone most of the time you've been you've grown up you know you've had a phone so you you understand how to press play you understand how to hit the memo button like there's not that excuse but I do think where I think the issue is when we've talked to athletes is, is they don't see the value today. They're not getting paid dollars for their first podcast they create. And some could, some could set it up where they could and build brand partnerships beforehand. But they won't, a lot of people, a lot of athletes in general, this isn't WMA specifically, 
but a lot of athletes don't see the, the immediate dollars and then go away. Or they put up their first uh, podcast and it's not 10,000, like you said, it's 700. And they're like, what am I doing this for? You know, they don't see the long-term value that those 700 people went to listen to something you've never done before. And those are 700 people that let's say you come out with a merch line or, or concept T like the wobble, you should be selling mm-hmm. those like the wobble tees. When that comes out that those 700 people are going to be the types that are going to go buy. You sell 700 t-shirts at $15 a pop. I don't, let me do some math real quick. What is that? Like 10 grand, you know, that's a good percentage of what you're going to make in a year playing the WNBA, you know? So there's, there's those types of things that I think a lot of people don't see the, the, immediate impact and then are shied away from the jump. I think a lot of people don't realize how lucrative social media can be in general. Like yeah. even if you don't want to do a podcast, they, you can al- align with partners that will pay you to post on Instagram. Yep. There's yep. just so many options. So, so, so many options. Yep. Like, especially if, if, if I'm a player who's already verified on Instagram that has a huge following or like not even huge, like that has like a, what, a cute little 15 K. Um, just go and leverage that. There are so many companies that want to pay you to post. And this it's just a matter of just knowing that that exists out there. I think that the players don't realize that that exists for them. Yeah. Right. And by like, like creating those opportunities, like we said, like that happy hour or watch party that you're doing, mm-hmm. you know how many brands could sponsor that? Mm-hmm. Thousands of them could. And, it, and it's a quick, easy product placement. Tag them on it. I appreciate the support. Let's do the next one next Friday. And done. And I also think that that's like the agent's job to remind them too, because they, you know, yeah. like folks that, that are under an agency that that might be a little bit more tight than that. It's just aligning with your proper agent too, because a lot of agents are very not um, willing to let their client do a lot of things too. That's something that we can't yeah. overlook. Yeah, yeah. There, there's that, and that's one aspect of it for sure. The two is a lot of agents don't care to make uh whatever their 15 percent off of a five thousand dollar deal it's not worth it for them to propose and do and put in the effort and three some just don't really get social media still even though it's been a viable platform and money maker for lots of people for the last handful of years for lots of management and agent teams and that's where we're why we even got into this space is because people didn't get it so how can we help the athletes we work with get it profit, make money, that kind of deal. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's why I would encourage, especially younger players to like know what's in the palm of their hands. So they have their phone every, even like outside of a sports realm, well, outside of an athlete realm, like a lot of young journalists ask me how to get started. I got discovered by my Twitter. Like that's how I have a nine to five now. That's like literally because I had friends that played in the league and I went to their hotel rooms put my phone up, recorded them and posted on Twitter and YouTube. That's how I got my following. And I didn't do it through a formal training. Yes, I have a degree in English and a degree in journalism, but I, I didn't do anything that, that the school taught me in regards to like distributing content. I literally just did it on my own. So I tell a lot of younger people that want to be in positions with either bigger networks or like bigger companies, or just want to make money off of theirs. Like you have all the tools that you need, right? the palm of your hand right there yep. within within arm's length at almost all times and all times. yeah he, he, maybe not in the shower maybe like that's you take the a few minutes off but that's how i, I am at least. 
Yeah, true. Uh, but but, but even you know, yeah, yeah, right. Even for you going to journalism school, like whatever you learned there in journalism school, you you probably learned some some general notes and integrity and. I didn't know about the transmission model of communication. I'll never but, apply that to exactly, anything. exactly. That, that so much stuff, and that's. I told you we talked to a, a, a college team earlier today, and we've talked to thirty-five, forty at this point. Is teaching them how to to make money off their name, image, likeness in college. So when they do go to the pros, or if they don't go to the pros and they want to be a journalist, teach them about those opportunities outside of what they're doing, either on the court or field or ice or whatever their their sport is. Well, I just want to rewind and tell, remind people that the curriculum, if you're a communications major, constantly shifts. Back in 2009 when I was in college, um, we were learning Facebook. Like, Instagram didn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, we were learning Facebook and maybe Twitter, like, on Tuesdays. Like, yeah. it, wasn't, it wasn't like if, – if you would have taken that curriculum and tried to do it here, everybody would look at you like you're crazy. Um, yeah. but people that want to do it, I would just say, don't wait for somebody to tell you how to do it and do it the way you think that you should, um, the way that feels real to you, because that's going to offer something different than every other classically trained journalist. Like have those tools that you learned from your degree, have those, you know, baseline, like con- conventional journalism tactics, but like have them in your back pocket, but present yourself in a way that you that is very authentic to you so that you don't have to switch it up for anybody and people know what to expect coming from you. And it's something so unique to you that mm-hmm. um, we'll have to go to your page to see it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I love it. That's what it should be. Yeah, I, I think this could it, be but... even like, an, like going back to like the equalizer, I think it's equalizer for like that, that whole industry too, because you guys don't have tons of access. You can't go, in the stadiums right now, you know, you can't, you, you don't get that. So there could be that opportunity where people are like, you know, I don't know, I'm, I'm 15 years old and I want to get in this space. I'm just going to DM a bunch of WNBA athletes and start my own show myself because I got uh, just that's, access. Yeah. Because like people don't realize that's literally all it takes. Yeah. Like I get like, I don't even know how many DMs a day and I try to respond to them all. But like, imagine the, the kid that wanted a mentor that never did reach out or the kid that wants to interview a WNBA player and didn't think it was possible for them to respond, so they just never did. That's just a waste of, you know, time and life, just being afraid of if they say no. Like, the worst thing that they can do is leave you on red. <laughs> right, yeah. Worst yeah, yeah. Thing, then it goes south. But whatever, the yeah. worst thing you can do is, yeah. like, uh, leave you on red. So these kids have nothing to lose. Nothing to yeah. lose. Yeah, yeah. And I, even for what we do, I, I want to say – every or at least almost every partnership we have with a, with an athlete is Instagram based. We either re, or I guess Twitter at this point, Instagram or Twitter, we send a DM or message or they happen to see something that I or we posted and, and that's how this whole thing started. But even to shift it to a WNBA type thing is, is how can like, let's say you, you do start that podcast thing. Why can't you use your leverage as a WNBA, WNBA player to get all the top athletes on other sports and have them come on your podcast or your or vlog with you or, you know, there's all those relationships that now you can use to leverage and grow your brand through that. I agree. And I think that uh, especially the sisterhood that the WNBA is to the NBA, that's light work. That's light yeah. work. Yeah. Um, yeah all of them are verified they have to go through that like 
through the league anyway for when they um, go to the league. So it's going to pop up in people's DMs. It's going to be very visible, even if you don't know the athlete or talent that you want to work with with your podcast. And then a, a lot of them have agents that can get other players anyway. So you yeah. might as well use that leverage. It's yeah. there. It exists. No doubt. No doubt. Well, what would you do? Like you get the game, you get social media, you have knowledge base. What would you do outside of podcast blog if you're in the in the wobble? Is whether you're trying to build a brand, generate revenue, would whatever. What would you do? Well, I come from a still shot type of thing. I, w- I would just be an Instagram heavy. I'm not a. Blo- I'm not gonna lie. I don't like blogs. Blogs aren't my thing. Um, but I know a lot of people that do. Like I don't. I don't care to see people eating, and I don't care about their. Day. I need like content, like juicy <laughs> content, um, or like a curated piece. But or an interview, I like talking head pieces a lot. Um, but yeah, even even those, there are people out there like me who like talking head pieces. Interview your friends, like literally interview your friends. Or I, IG Live is a huge way to not only like get stuff out, but like that can increase your following too if you have the connectivity. Like say, okay, I'll just use these people because they're my like Turner fam. Say Candace wants to talk to D Wade. That's like your brother and you can leverage his audience and he, he, his audience comes to you and now they know about you, even though everybody knows Candace Parker anyway, but like, that's just the way to do it. Yeah. Lots of people do know her, but lots more people know D Wade and some of D Wade's following probably don't even, never even heard of Candace Parker. As crazy as that sounds. Which is is bad. I mean, yeah, yes it is. But there's also people who don't know who D Wade is, even though that he has 5 million followers and, you know, there's somebody in my family that might not know who D Wade is. Maybe, maybe my girl's grandpa or something's like, I don't know who D Wade is. You know, there's there are people that don't know. So there, and especially five years or two years from now, as he leaves the game further, further. But but even like I said, with using D Wade and Candace, like how how can she grow and and not just get an extra, you know, twelve thousand followers or two thousand or thousand followers, but those are now potentially a, th- a thousand buying customers for you to be able to sell whatever you're selling or do whatever you're doing or invest in so, viewership when you're doing something. Outside of the blogs and stuff, like I think that the way, especially because um, you want to connect to a younger audience right now, while it's not banned, do the TikToks. That's, I mean, that's the best way to go viral because they have the loosest algorithm anyway, like <laughs> before it gets completely shut out the country. But um, like one of my friends posted a video of combing her grandma's hair it went viral. She got a hundred thousand followers overnight, and she's she's always wanted to be a beauty influencer. So now that's what she does. Like, oh, like cool. it's crazy. It can happen that fast. Instagram's not set up for that. They don't realize Instagram's not set up for that because it's a, it's a little too behind the curve for that. But you can also because you already have a following as a player, you can u- utilize Instagram. But I think the TikTok right now, like today, July tenth, is the easiest way to just go viral and just get your presence out there like for a younger generation yeah tiktok's tiktok's been so great for so many people especially when when we hit quarantine and a lot of people jump to tiktok yeah i i'm and, trash at it i can't even act like i'm good at it at all uh yeah. but i just don't get on the for you page i just give up but um like twitter's <laughs> my gold mine twitter yeah. is yeah. my gold mine i just love twitter because I'm ridiculous and my opinions are just so outlandish sometimes that it's just like, there you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's again why I found you and why I liked you. But I, I do think there's more opportunities too, like all the stuff content we're talking about, but even just basic social media hacks for growth. Like, 
you know, you, you uh, your team posts something, go on for five minutes and talk to the, the fans commenting on there and comment back to their questions that are positive. You don't have to get engaged with the negative stuff, but comment, comment and say, Hey, appreciate the support or yeah, that was fun or whatever the thing was like go in there and, and talk to them. I'd like to see more like takeovers and stuff too. Uh, yeah. Takeovers they, are great. great. Yeah. Like whether it's, I do the, think it's very under yeah. understated how important it is to respond to people. I think that that's yeah. so key. I like, that's like, that's where I think a lot of people miss when they don't respond to, to people because that just adds the hum, humanity behind it. And it just like keeps your, your name is going to be shown more. Um, and people yep. are going to be like, Oh my God, she's so cool. Like she talked to me. I'm a fan. So. Yeah, think use like Candace Barker as an as an instance. If Candace, if you comment on Candace Barker's page and she comments back, "Hey, appreciate the support." There's a lot of people that are going to screenshot that. They're going to text that to their friends. That's going to go on their Instagram story. Like that's a big damn deal. Just to be like, appreciate the support. It caught, yeah. Took three seconds for her to post that. Like that's how big and important a lot of these yeah. athletes are, and and the pedestal they're on for a lot of people too. I completely agree, and it's low lift. That's the key. It's low yeah. lift to just respond. Yeah. That's why I say 10, 15 minutes is like you're in out. It doesn't need to be an all day thing. You don't have to be, I mean, you're on Twitter all day. We don't have to be oh. you. Yeah. <laughs> they don't, they don't have to be you. But. I'm lucky that my nine to five is literally social. So I, you know, it's yeah. like, it's my job to be on Twitter. But yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. they love that I have my own identity. Uh, I think that's just really dope. Yeah. Yeah. I dig it too. What do you think you're watching? Oh, we, I, I put, I'm looking at my notes here. Uh, Tori Miller promoted to the general manager of the college park, college park Skyhawks, the NBA G league of the Atlanta Hawks. How cool is that? I think it's dope. I think that any space where, uh, you know, you can be an innovator and open up the door for other women, especially yeah. black women. It's just amazing. Be that pioneer. <laughs> and it's so yeah. sad that it's, yeah the first and only it's just really confusing why it's 2020 and they're still having first but you know relatively new league we're going to give them some grace but um she's showing people that she can be that representation like they can look and say hey i can do that i have other yeah. friends in julie like Mon uh, megan mcpeak she's the only uh woman and person of color in play by play then you have amber nichols who she's young and upcoming and um she's with gogo -Go too under pop and so there there are just so many women making so many great moves that are just i just love seeing the representation shout out to my sisters. yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's not a better time than now to do that there just isn't i mean People do it <laughs> companies are feeding for that diversity right now like uh, if nothing right. else capitalism off of it yeah it, they they you know a lot of a lot of them are lip service and they want but they want to at least at least and show that's the that's fine. Yep. Like, I'll take that because what ha what's happening right now is the companies are feeling guilty. And they're letting us in these spaces, even though we've been trying, you know, we've been trying to bust through. Um, but I think that, like, nobody's expecting us to come in there and, like, loaf around. Like, literally, women work hard, period. Right. So right. once we get that, the, the chance to show out, I'm, I'm sure that it's just going to lead to way more, way more. Yeah, yeah, it will. And, and this you first, uh, you know, when that came out and it was like the first, I was like, that nobody's done that before as a GM. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Opportunity, tons of opportunity. I do think too, last thing on the, on the wobble, we'll get, we'll get 
off here and you can get back on Twitter. Uh, I think <laughs> we are on Twitter. We are on Twitter now. It, no, it didn't live stream. It didn't, whatever. Uh, but uh, now you're going to have more eyeballs than ever on games. And um, you're getting that with every sport. With What was it? With marbles. I saw some marbles video. I had a million video, a million, you million that? views. The, the marble tournaments? Yeah. I have not. Oh <laughs> I have not seen the marble tournaments because right now I'm binging other things. But I really, I agree with you. And then people are fiending for sports. Yeah. They are like, we need them. So Yeah. I, and I'm excited to see who's going to be different around what they're doing and, yeah. and really, really understand what the opportunity is. It's not just a regular season. It's not, well, it's nothing like a regular season anyway, but under understanding what this potential can mean for you long-term, not just you win some games, win a championship. That's great. But how can you engage fans, engage your community, build an audience, build a brand outside the sport, but use all of these new eyeballs because you'll have your, your eyeballs you've had, but now you're going to get all these people that are just tuning in because it's a sporting event. Like how can you capture them? And that's from a, a player standpoint, but also from a team and a league perspective too, is how can you capture us as people? I'm not a regular WNBA fan. I'm not a, I mean, I, I'll watch it. I've, I'll, same thing with NBA. I usually watch like playoffs, but I've got a nine month old. I got a lot of shit I'm doing anyway. But so <laughs> So how can you capture me to get me to sit down and not be on my phone? Or if I am on my phone, I'm tweeting about it, but sit down and engage and watch and learn something about Candace I didn't know or learn something about Player Y that, that I didn't know. And now I, now I care because they're from Cleveland, Ohio, or they're, you know, their sister went to the same school as me or whatever the thing is to find that engagement point to, to keep me and other people uh, around for the long term. I agree. I mean, I just, we'll I, like I said, I think that they have just ample opportunity because they have so much dead time, downtime. Um, and I think that they really should just start channeling the younger generation uh, because the younger generation has less like misogyny ingrained in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they, they never had to live without the WNBA. They never had to live without women actually playing sports. So that's a unique opportunity to, mm-hmm. you know, appeal to them just so the kids can be like, oh my gosh, she's cool, and never have to worry about that that bias against women in the game. Yeah. Uh, what I want to see is I want to see the game within the game where it's, you know, uh, we got Xbox, PlayStation tournaments on the side. You know, <laughs> That's what Ariel Paz is doing. She is having a 2K tournament in the Wubble. Yeah. I want to see multiple tournaments because that shows personality. It brings in that younger generation that can just sit and watch and communicate. And then maybe you go uh, male, female tournaments too, where they're playing, uh, you know, and just cross, cross the exposure type thing. But that's what I want to see. The game within the game. I have to shout out Ariel Powers for that because she is on Twitch all the time, all the time. The Twitch home screen gives me anxiety, so I'm not on Twitch all the time. <laughs> but. <laughs> but She's on there streaming a lot. Alexis Jones streams a lot. She's really involved in gaming, uh, especially now that 2K has added the WNBA. That's, you know, another thing that um, the players have gotten. Over the years, it wasn't available to them before. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're completely right. The gaming space is just – there's so many opportunities, and it was a way to connect people during quarantine. So I know there are a lot more gamers now than there were even back in March. Totally. And they could, I mean, they, they could generate a lot of money too, even from that. Like, like you, 
partner with like a FanDuel or a, a DraftKings and just to have them throw it up there. And that's a sponsorship for the thing that they're doing anyways, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Lots of opportunity here. Hopefully, hopefully a lot of ladies can take advantage of that and really grow and really, it'll be interesting to see in, in two months from now, who are the people that really capitalize from the wobble and the, this rebrand and relaunch and see who can take advantage, not just from a playing perspective, but all the, this other stuff, how can they engage and, and take their brand to the next level? I agree. I agree. Ari, um, we appreciate your time. Thank, thank you. you. Let's get back to tweeting. We'll, we'll, I'll be on there too. We'll, we'll yeah, send you a bunch of stuff here. <laughs> appreciate it. Thank you for having me guys. Of course. Thank you.